Kevin Brown is back for part two of his first conversation with myself, the geek, and my brother, the fret. And uh, holy shit, we hit, we hit a whole bunch of stuff in this episode. Make sure you listen in, because at the end of the episode, he's going. we're going to play another one of his songs. And um, I'm, I know, I know you're going to love it. It is freaking phenomenal. This guy is super talented. He's hilarious. He's got a couple of podcasts he's on. Um, anyway, cue the music. Uh, welcome to the Shine, Shine and Geek, <laughs> the Shine Geek and Fast Fret podcast. Done. Well done. Okay, we're going <laughs> to use that. It's that weird thing, though, Etu, because I prefer typically. I like Stevie Ray Vaughan. I like I like the guys who play with a ton of feel, who can still play. Like they're still technically brilliant guitarists. But when you get someone like that, who's he's like you said, he's playing with a ton of feel, but he's playing a million notes as well, and that's a such an odd combination to be able to do both in one in one song. Like that's crazy. Have you heard of these guys here, Small Town Titans? Nope. Todd. Uh, I heard this one, the the, the Grinch one. It's just yeah. awesome. Yeah, he does an awesome job with that. This this guy is. Um, I don't, I don't know if they, like because because I'm a singer, I do a lot of nerdy singer singery stuff. Like I'm always yeah. like, I'm watching um, opera opera shows and stuff like that. Um, but uh, this singer is so good. But he he does a lot of covers and he does kind of whatever people want to see. Yeah. Quite the range. Cosmetic voice, as evidenced by my fluffy red and white hat. It is the holiday season. Have you seen this lady then? No, I said a different one I'm thinking of. Today. I haven't seen that this one. The shape no. of small town titans performing You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. This will be my very first time hearing small town titans. I was told I couldn't listen to another song by them first. I had to really have this be the first time reaction. So I'm really excited to get to hear them. I think that they're rock metal. Now, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch is a song that I am familiar with. I've coached many people on. And it's originally sung by Thurl Ravenscroft. Big, deep, bassy, very resonant voice. Two lyrics that come from Dr. Seuss. So I take a look at that. And then I try to wrap my mind around how would a rock metal band do a cover of it? I just don't know what this is gonna look like. So let's get to it. <laughs> just a look at her face, she's like, I don't know what I'm gonna get. I don't know what I'm gonna get. This feels dark. Mr. <laughs> are a heel you're as cuddly as a cactus and as charming as an eel mr Grinch. you're a bad banana with a greasy black peel 
<laughs> She's into it. <laughs> I just get goosebumps when he says. Uh, okay, yeah. oh, first impressions. Here we go. Um, I like the groove that they set up right away. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, it has more of like a languorous, like uh, uh, almost like something crawling out from underneath a rock kind of feel that they've got going on. And then it was really cool to hear. I'm gonna, just gonna skip ahead to the yeah to the part where um he hits those the the big the, note there, the higher notes. Yeah. Uh oh, probably around here. Yeah, he's just killer control, man. <laughs> I think she just had the big O there. I mean, so many different ways. One of the things that's really awesome is he keeps changing different octaves. Her reactions are like the best because it's so like she literally she studied opera and did opera and did nothing but opera. Yeah. So her like she's literally coming. This is like completely out of left field. So after she did this video and commented on it and everyone this is i don't know this is kind of the one that kind of broke her channel a little bit okay um then what happened was um she fangirled so hard for this singer that everyone commenting in the comment section reached out to small town titans like did you know that like you got a reaction from from uh, uh what are is off like right and, and they became fast friends after oh that's cool yeah so then so she did a whole interview uh section with him and they were talking vocal techniques and he's actually a vocal teacher as well so she, so this has happened a few times she did devin townsend i don't know if you know that is uh oh, yeah. and same thing like she the, eventually the the her fans and townsend's fans like why are you guys not talking to each other yeah, you guys should totally talk to each other. Like you're you're out of your mind if you don't talk to each other. <laughs> so then, so now, like, I don't know. Like, and she's huge now. Like, she's got 1.3 million on this particular episode. Yeah, wow. that's craziness. But it it's nuts. But I'll just play a second of this. I don't know why I'm doing this, but <laughs> because I can, I guess. Well, this is her singing. It's her singing, yeah. Okay, I know this isn't an opera podcast. No, but, but it's cool though because when you watch those singers, like, and it's when they're very specific about how they shape their mouth when they're singing, right? Because they mm. to get very specific sounds, like that's completely deliberate and it's trained and it's, it's you know it's repeatable, and so you get 
you're going to get the same tones every time. Whereas you, you and he, we, me, you and me, was going. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. But um, it, but it's interesting, like the 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 mouth shape and stuff like that. So I I did take vocal lessons. Mm-hmm. When I went, it's like you don't realize that you're doing everything wrong. Yeah. So you're doing you. So everything you're doing is not for longevity. It's for immediate effect. If you're on stage, it's for that immediate, like, Oh, I could sound like James Hetfield from Metallica or whatever. Yeah. You know? And then you're, you're going to add Oz to every sentence. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, we're going into the store. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's my brother, Todd. That's what I mean. I, I, I I talk to other people. Like this, I just I can't listen to Metallica for that reason. Yeah, because he just sounds like Triple H from wrestling to me. It's like <laughs> I, you don't have to do it on every single freaking word, man. Like it just drives me nuts. Or is that a little bit of Macho Man? Yeah. <laughs> Adding a he, yeah at the end of everything. Yeah. Oh, Hogan, yeah. You say you don't know where the Macho Man is coming from. Yeah, you're right. You don't know anything about the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and where I'm coming from. Because it's mind-boggling to you, yeah! How one man could make it to the top of the World Wrestling Federation mountain, yeah! All by myself. No pukesters helping me to the left. And no pukesters helping me to the right. Didn't need them then. Don't need them now! But didn't so because Hetfield didn't do that on the first album, right? So it was definitely affected. So. It was an affectation that he put on later, right? Yeah. A deliberate sort of like Axel Rose's IEI. I. You know, it's it's kind of yeah, 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 oh. Let's reverse that, and then uh, it's going to be very metal. <laughs> yeah. So now, now I want to hear you now. Do we live all like old McDonald's? <laughs> you know what? I bet you there's uh, there was that series called uh, Shreds. I don't I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's got to be a Yeah. <laughs> oh god. That's so awesome. good. So so good. But I um when we did the Dome CD um. The, the vocal style is Hetfield because that's what Oli wanted. So I actually changed how I sing to be a bit more Hetfield because the original, like the original tracks where you're, I'm laughing so hard. I'm actually lightheaded now, uh, <laughs> but um, the way the, the original like four track demo we recorded, I was actually singing me. Yeah. And because this was a concept album, I'm like, okay, I got to devise a, a voice and talking to Oli like, Oh, you got to sound more menacing and blah, blah, blah. And, so I actually changed how I sang, yeah. And even like I don't know how much you listened to it, but in the background, the what Todd like Todd mixed the whole thing, Todd mastered the whole thing, but we would add like additional vocal tracks in the yeah. back. So there's there's screams in the back uh, at, at key points. So just to make it a little bit more metal, because Oli wanted metal, but uh, yeah. One, so like there was one, yeah, California. 
Yeah. It was a really cool harmony vocal, and it's just right at the end. Yeah. It was, and it was like, it was nowhere else in the song, but it just threw it in right. I was like, fuck, that's so cool, man. That's a real, but I actually got, because obviously, I, you know, I know you're going for the Hetfield, that kind of inflection, yeah. but I got a lot of Alice Cooper in that too. Like, there was times it was like the the phrasing, the intonation was like super Alice Cooper y too. And I don't know if that's just in combination with the music, but that's those were the vibes I got from it as well. So, well, I was trying to get certain intonations at certain places because. Like I said, it's conceptual, so maybe that's the Alice Cooper influence because it there is definitely a story going on and yeah. the sequencing of the songs, like which one is next, and yep, um, well, super. Well, there's, yeah. So there's that, like Alice Cooper's very like he's always telling a story, so there's yeah. probably some of that. But I was trying to inflect certain points where, like even the uh, on Pinprick, there's the the line there where they just shut out suck or whatever. <laughs> that was incredibly deliberate. But I think at the time I was pissed off at Oli, <laughs> and I think that's where it might have come from. Well, it's like the whole, you know the, the story about the the scream on Beast, right? Yeah, you know, and Dickinson says we I can't remember which producer it was, but made him do it over and over and over, and it yeah. was like literally like two hours. And at the end of it, that was really a sort of a tortured scream of "I am sick of doing this." Yes, <laughs> and it just goes for it. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one we need. Like that's the one we bastard. need. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Todd, Todd wasn't a taskmaster in the studio. I don't think. No. What's that? You weren't a taskmaster in the studio. What do you mean? I don't know. Like you weren't like a jerk. Like do it again. <laughs> oh. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. No, I mean it's it's uh, it, it was pretty much how everybody wanted to play it to their satisfaction, and then I kind of mixed it all together accordingly. So yeah. So was that was that home studio recorded then? Yeah, I was actually recording it on this laptop. Uh, this wow, and it sounds it, really good for that. Wow! And it's uh, yeah, I just use Reaper, and then I had a bunch of uh, plugins and stuff that I had. That, uh, but I had to do a lot of research. Like Sean's vocals, I actually did. I had to search for a sound to mix vocals because I could. I didn't really know how to do that at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, guitar and bass stuff. I mean, just put it in front, some compression, maybe some reverb. Like it's not, you know, the, the main sound is there, but when it comes to the voice, I wanted to, to try and make it uh, instead of doubling tracks and, you know, and, and kind of offsetting them a little bit to, to give it that um, stereo-ish type of an effect. I, I yeah. kind of went out and went, okay, well, what are these studio guys doing? What are these studio guys doing? And then I just kind of took bits and pieces and put it together and then tried to to mix it a certain way and that was the same uh vocal thing that i used for sean i used for my mom i used for Folsom Prison blues when i did it it was all the same setting yeah i just kind of brought the vocals into a certain space and that's that's the way i did where now i can't remember now where i got it from uh this laptop <laughs> kind of crapped the bed when it came to uh my plugins so it's like uh, I don't know how I did it. So now if I were to try and replicate, I'd, I'd have to try to do it from the beginning. <laughs> well, try, what you should do is just load that session up and let Reaper tell you, oh, you need this plugin. Uh, mm. I I transferred. Yeah, I transferred everything over to a hard drive. Uh, I don't know if that was one that crashed or not, but yeah, no, I, I don't know if I could. Uh, I, I mean, if I did my research on it, I'm, I'm sure I can make, Maybe be able to find it again. Well, because you brought it up, do we want to play uh, Mom? You want to hear Mom? Kevin? Absolutely, of course. All right, let's do this. I, I just found, which yeah, one should be you, Todd? First time ever I saw your face? Um, I don't know. Or, oh, wow. Yeah, let's do that one. I think that's, 
it, it's it's all covers that she's doing obviously but yeah so the vocal mix will be all the same okay the same um settings anyway Where did you get the back? Did you just kind of get a um, MIDI backing track or? Yeah, just a backing track. Yeah. The first time ever I saw your feet. Wow. I thought the song rose in your eyes and the moon and stars were the gifts you gave. So it's totally genetic then. You guys get your music from your mom. <laughs> yeah. She, she has such a distinctive vibrato. I don't think yeah. anyone else sings like that. No, I haven't heard anything like that. Very instinctive. Very I love her. I, I, I've tried to copy it, but I can't. Mom's just too good. Just, What's just, it's, it's that fingerprint thing with guitarist vibe, vibrato is the same thing, right? Like it's a style thing. The really good players and good singers it's just their own thing and it, you can try and replicate it but it doesn't really sound the same and and this was how old was she when she did this i don't know 70 this was five oh, years wow. ago wow yeah. oh yeah it says yeah wait the time's on here right it says five years ago and was posted and that's yeah. when it was made so yeah, yeah that's killer and now she's 70 seven six seven seven, seven yeah. yeah well color me impressed beautiful and a great song too yeah, uh, yeah. Um, did you, Todd, a, did you yeah. ever do? Um, there was a couple that we did, but I can't remember them all. Uh, they're all on here. Oh, okay. What else is on here? Summertime, tears in heaven, Jin, Jin. Wow, love will keep us alive. The Timothy B. Schmidt arrangement or the the original Paul Carrick? Uh, I don't know. Let's, <laughs> let's see here. Oh, yeah. this is her with her band, actually. This is all real musicians here. Okay. Oh, this was, yeah. This I didn't record this one. Oh, I didn't mix this one. Okay. So did she, was she in, what, was she in bands when oh, she was God, younger? Yeah. Did she, yeah, okay. Yeah, so this is probably from the 90s, right? Todd? Yeah, yeah, I think it was in the 90s. Was, okay. Yeah, they were called Pieces of Eight. That sounds great. Yeah. So with that, this is the only song I think they like they didn't re record like their jams very much, but this they had this one for some reason. Yeah. So I think Todd, did you tweak it a little bit, maybe? Just took the uh, recording and tweaked it a bit. And I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember now. Yeah. So, so this guy. Uh, he he basically put video over top of Todd's recordings or whatever. Even right. he, made a, he made a video for We Are Machine, <laughs> which is interesting. 
cool <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's mom that's awesome man yeah that's, my mom can't sing like that i'll tell you that right now <laughs> <laughs> so so you you've heard the bros before gin right so you the yep. last songs on there like the last ones with vocals which is our yep. just jamming band those songs were written for mom to sing it just oh, okay it's never happened yeah, I'd written so for uh, this feeling. I'd written kind of like early Fleetwood Mac meets the band meets metal era Floyd, and it's very squarely in my words. And then the, the next one, the flow, as like I said, it's well that one's Fleetwood Mac meets the band meets metal era Pink Floyd meets Temple of the Dog. So it's got that Ooh, really Temple kind of, of yeah. yeah. So yeah, right, it's squarely in my words. Oh. And I found the the cyber uh, what was it cyber love cyber shopping cyber shopping yeah. like other stuff too because i I got really heavily into underworld Mm. you know it's like a tech in from and it's got that vibe to it so it's that stuff that i would i could program to that like when i'm programming if i'm coding or doing that kind of work i need i can't have lyrics really i can't be listening to the lyrics so i need just that that beat and that kind of rhythm rhythmic pulsing sort of melody i dig it all man i you guys are crazy talented musicians it's insane to me yeah i I was like i always like people who got different modes too right like it's always the sign to me of there's you know there's a good rock musician or a great jazz musician but like musicians writ large can do a little bit of everything and sort of have an appreciation of different things so for me putting the bros before gin thing out it's like okay because i was i was pissed off at sam it's like well you guys are hard rock cock rock blah 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 and he'd always make fun of what we were doing kind of dismissing it a bit because he's he's his background like punk and reggae and and all that sort of stuff and he didn't really like i don't think he really liked the dome album at all so oh, it was too commercial-ish sounding, like commercial metal sounding, it, for his likes anyway. But so then yeah. I sent him this, and he's like, "What the fuck happened here?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it, and then he heard Folsom Prison. Like, is that Todd? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm serious. That's yeah. punk. That's like sounds like fucking Duff McKagan. That was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a I totally yeah, yeah. get that really dirty, grungy garage feel. It was like, this is great. That that's a punk song, like. It was written. Oh, yeah. It was an anti-establishment punk song, right? It's like, dude, like if you think we're just a one-trick pony, like, hello, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Down to climb up the ladder 
when you got that and, and there was well that blend too like unbroken i was listening to that one i was like it's it's kind of got like ed's brown sound on it oh yeah but that's sort of that yeah. vibrato and there's something it's like that's all slash to me it's got so you've got this weird little hybrid of two different players who've got very distinctive ways of playing all sort of jammed into one yeah it's very cool so good Todd, shouldn't, the riff he came up with on that is super cool <laughs> it's really good i'm a fan of todd as you can tell yeah well me, well, me too increasingly okay. <laughs> yeah that's what i'd written down yeah so, it, so i'd written guitar sound in the intro reminds me of ed's brown sound but the vibrato is all slash um absolutely love that riff lick too cool what was it played on what guitar did you play that on i Jeez. wasn't it your black <laughs> your black strat no, no, I or the Ibanez. Depend on the song. Ibanez was probably what it was. Yeah, my RG. Yeah. Um, at the time, I think I had the INF one, INF two, um, pickups in it, which are pretty dull sounding. And I've I've switched them since, and I've I've put a JB and a and a jazz in it, which livens the the sound up a bit. But the different guitars, I don't know. I, I've got so many that I've tried on right. different things. Uh, but at the time I only really had, well, as you can see behind me at the, at the time, I only really had three guitars. One was okay. my, my uncle's Telecaster that I grew up with. Uh, and then, um, and that was one of the songs that we had done uh, with at Ray's, one of the songs I think that's on that album there. Okay. And then I had uh, the red Strat, the one you see behind me on the floor. Yeah. And uh, my Ibanez, which I, I don't have okay. hanging up, but yeah, I think those were my three main ones. All these other ones I've only really acquired within the last five years. You know, one thing like when so when your next project goes huge and you become this like global megastar, and they do, you know, in twenty years they're going to do a retrospective documentary about your life. They're going to be this guy asking, "So what did?" And you're going to go, "Ah, fuck, dude, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it's going to be the worst documentary ever." <laughs> I don't know. I play. I, well, I don't know what key it was in, so you'd have to tell me the song. I don't know. <laughs> I was yeah, going to do a Steve I impression of talking about Todd, but I don't know if I can do a Steve I. He'll probably sound like he's from Germany, though. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. We got to hear it now. You can't tease us with that. I was listening to this guitar play from. No, that's he's from Brooklyn now. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve I from Brooklyn. Here's Steve I from Brooklyn. Steve I from Brooklyn. Yeah. Imitation guitar play from uh, from Winnipeg. I don't know what that place is, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's got he's got a really interesting tone. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Forget about it. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it, you mook. Yeah, I don't know. My impressions all really suck. <laughs> I still my my favorite. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but my favorite interview with Vi is the one we're talking about is um, his audition with Zappa. And um, oh my god, when I went down actually to play during the rehearsal, I thought this is crazy. I'm, 20 years old and auditioning for Frank Zappa. This is ri ri ridiculous. But I went down, he told me to learn all these songs, and of course he pulled all these songs that, he, that I didn't know, you know. And he was so, you should ask Vinny, because Vinny was there, how brutal he was on me. I couldn't even believe it. 
He was so, he made it so difficult. This one thing, and I know this isn't necessarily a Frank interview, but I'll tell you the story, it's great. Um, this is during my audition, he says, he, you know, and Frank would like play these things on the guitar, and, and he had a certain technique, but he wasn't like a shredder or anything like that, you know? And he'd play something, he'd say, play that. And I go, okay, and I play it. And he goes, okay, now, play it in 7-8. I say, okay, and I, I play it in 7. He goes, okay, now play it reggae 7-8. Like, okay, and I and I do it, and he goes, okay, now add this note. Okay, and I do it. <laughs> Playing reggae seven eight, and I'm adding these notes. And he goes, okay, add this note, and it was impossible. It just was physically impossible, not just for me, but for anybody. You know, I said, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I hear Linda Ronstadt is looking for a guitar player. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Give me an impossible thing, you know. And uh, at the end of the rehearsal, I went, and he was just other things too, you know, but at the end of the rehearsal, I went up to him, I said, thanks for inviting me, I'm really sorry, I'm going to go home now. He goes, you're in the band. <laughs> and I hugged him. In the editing, I'll insert that here. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good payoff. It's a good little joke. Then. But he seems, he's not one of those guys, because he's so out there in a different stratosphere than most people. You'd imagine that he could be a little bit arrogant or a bit aloof, but he just seems like such a nice, humble, kind of yeah. affable guy, you know? I was, think uh, both him and Joe are, are pretty pretty down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're not, it's not like Ingwie mom, Ingwie fucking mom's team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello there. Welcome to Basics of Guitar with Ingwie fucking Melmstein. <laughs> I am Ingwie fucking Melmstein. Lead guitar player for Ingwie fucking Nostein. Some people call me guitar prodigy, but I find prodigy to be such strong word. I prefer living guitar god. <laughs> I'm Ingwie fucking Nostein. <laughs> Get a different name, you idiots. Crap, yeah. it's a stupid name. <laughs> it's Ingwie J. Nostein. Don't forget the J. It stands for Jesus. Because <laughs> I am Jesus. Too shreddy for me. Yeah, pretty shreddy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> see that that see there's my Malmsteen impression. At the you time said, when it, when Rising Force came out and with the, the, the rise of MTV and, and the music videos, when I saw him play first, it was like, wow, this guy plays a million notes a second. And the feeling seemed to be there. Yeah. Until initially. I until I listened listened to Vi and Satriani. Yeah. Because I mean, even Tony McAlpine and those other shredders, oh, yeah. it was all like a million notes. It's fine, but it, it just didn't have the feel. It doesn't come out and grab you. Yeah. Like hundred yeah. percent. Cacophony. Remember Cacophony? It was one of those. It was Jason Becker and he's really good too. Friedman? Yeah. Marty Friedman? Possibly. I can't remember. Kikahafini was just like there was no yeah. songs. It was just, well, this one's called Flying. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just you shredding. Like, yeah, it's, that's okay to go do in, in band practice, just to, just to warm up or something. But like, yeah, yeah. Know, you should try writing a song every now and again. Yeah. You know, you get it. practice my scales. We'll call it a song. <laughs> yeah. But it does show, though, that some, because writing songs is hard and some people just can't do it. Right? So, yeah, yeah, I think with like Jason Becker, like he was that. He was 18 years old when Caffeine came out. And then he joined Roth's Daily Ross Band at like 20, 21 years old, I think it was. Okay. And then um, but he was he was like Shreddy McShredderson, like 
up to that point, right? But uh, to replace Vi, he had Vi, and then it's like, fuck, what do I do now? Like, I lost Vi. So, do I, so he got uh, he got Jason Becker, right? Brings Jason right. Becker in. some ways Roth toned Becker down like okay you can do all this stuff but let's write yeah. tunes dude you know so like he kind of made him brought him back down to earth and then he got ALS and oh man at 20 21 years old so while he was so he gets the gig of a lifetime with Roth and then his hands start like he starts losing the ability to you know press his hands on the, on, on the fretboard and yeah, he's having trouble picking. And so they, they, when they recorded that album, which was uh, the one after skyscraper, whatever, whatever one that is, he, um, they, they switched the, the strings so he could actually press down on the strings cause he was losing strength in his hands. So he wow. somehow got through to the end of the album. And I think he used like Alice Cooper's guitar players or something to, to kind of pinch it and stuff. And then after that, then his ALS was fully progressed and, and I mean, he's still with us. He's still alive, but he can't speak. Oh, um, man, alive. Wow. But he actually has been putting albums out. You, you, you don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'll, I'll go into this a little bit. So basically, okay. his I think his dad invented a way to communicate with his son. And it's all an eye movement. So he'll, like, he'll, he'll go left, left, right, up, down. Okay, that's a B. Left, left, up, down. And he communicated with eye movements because his eyes okay. still move his eyes. So he started composing. So he he used that language to find a way to transcribe it on on a scale. Wow! And he's still composing, only using his eyes. So what he does, he brings he brings musicians in because uh, and they'll play on the album. So he's composed everything, and people come on and actually play what he's composed. That's wild. Yeah. That album is out, right? Do you oh, know yeah. the name it's of the album? Awesome. Um, wow. I don't know. It's on my it's on my spot or on my uh, my YouTube music. But it, it's it's really... the thing too that but those guys who can write music in their head mm -hmm. and can tell you, well, these are the notes. Yeah. Like no, I can I I can only write by bashing away at the sure. piano. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, what, fuck, yeah. I couldn't imagine that. What wow. sounds good oh, here? Oh, yeah. what's the next note gonna sound good? Yeah. And you physically have to hear it. But yeah, for him exactly, to be exactly. able to compose it without actually hearing it, it's uh yeah but eddie uh eddie was a fan of jason becker and he actually went and visited him you're going back to too though you're talking about you know replacing vi in roth's band or you know any any guitarist is coming into a, a, a you know a big rock act like that yeah you need to be able to be technically good enough to shred and play these souls and everything but you need to be able to write riffs too like riffs are important in rock music oh yeah absolutely. and again not everyone can do that either but this just just goes to show how great a guy eddie was
So this is Jason Becker here. And oh, okay. Eddie visited with him. Uh, this is the 69th one, so it's, you know, the first 100. I, I personally, whatever, you know, Jack and make sure they're, they're good. Uh, name that after my son, Wolfgang. Uh, How old is Wolfgang? Five. Oh, cool. Wow. Aww. Do you want to put it in your lap? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with this thing. Uh, you want to put your hands on the top uh, he didn't need to do that. You know, automatically. Yeah, I, he just did it though. Like, yeah. Detune. Oh, oh great. <laughs> Got a patent on it and stuff. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, oh, that's great. So, put it in, it was a Van Halen tape. You said, oh, man, that tape is the greatest thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, Clapton was my main influence too, but during Cream. And Blind Faith was cool too, but after that I kind of lost interest. And I, like Derek and Domino's night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, my Eddie Van Halen story is when the kids were younger. <laughs> That's his mom, yeah. Mom. I was watching watching a video with him jump, mm -hmm. and oh, I thought you were so cute, and you were just running all over, and you were smiling, and you were delighted, oh, and you were having so much us. fun playing guitar. And, and I said, Jason, man, I hope when you play guitar, you have that much fun. And, and he did. He had a lot of fun. It's like, oh, you know, it's like a big toy to you. It was great. Well, I mean, it's all I do. That, you know? I know. That, I mean, and, that's, and being on stage is like one place where nobody can fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. You know? But you were no, just... No such management, a... no record company. <laughs> <laughs> and yours pulls up. Right, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'll, I'll, yeah, no, that's so, so cool, yeah. But, but he, that's the thing with Eddie, like some people don't always realize it, but he did stuff like that all the time for like, he just, he's not doing it like, oh, okay, hey, good publicity spot, you know, like, yeah. like he did shit like that all the time. Like, um, when, um, uh, oh my God, what's his name? The Dimebag Daryl died. He was at the funeral. Right. And he, he donated, um, he donated his, um, his black Bumblebee. The bumblebee, right? The yeah, yellow. Yeah, and he was black and yellow. Yeah, yeah. Black get, wasn't he buried with it? That that that's a story. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But of course, Gene Simmons jumped in and wanted to one up everybody so that he get you know he was buried in a kiss casket. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Oh my holy! Gene God. donated a kiss casket because it was promotional, right? Like you know you can. Jeez, I I still can't believe that was a thing. But yeah, that's a different that's a different conversation. Yeah. yeah. I get you when you're coming. I get you when you're going. That's what he kiss condoms and kiss casket in and out there you go in and out. coming in they got you going out it's yeah, Corey's Corey, Corey's old in and out what is he calling it that that place he'd go to he'd travel to Montana yeah. called the in and out yeah. <laughs> anyway all right well shit we've gone on for a long time here so yeah fun with this edit yeah yeah oh whatever <laughs> I, I like editing it's fun you know, kitchen party kitchen, uh, kitchen party yeah that's what we do right <laughs> That's why it's called the kitchen sink, the bros before gin, because it's like a kitchen party. Absolutely. Do you have I, kitchen... very, I, I will just finish that. That is a very Canadian thing. Or maybe it's North American, but it's Canadian. Like, no one hangs out in the kitchen in the UK. No? I was wondering no. about that. No. Like, we've got sofas, man. Like, there's comfortable furniture in the, in the living room. Let's go <laughs> in the living room. Like, Well, you watch Mrs. Wondering... Brown's boys. She's always in the kitchen with all her company. So isn't that like a kitchen party? <laughs> Uh, well, the old women, yeah, the women go in the kitchen, the men hang out in smoke in the living room, right? So, 
Oh, okay. Oh, Mrs. Brown's like when, when we were growing up, though, it was it was at Grandma Dora's house, and she had this. The kitchen was like huge, right? It's huge. Yeah. But everyone, and then you get somebody comes in with a squeeze box. Somebody brings a guitar, you know, and then everyone just comes mandolin, in, and the violin, and violin, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the the men the were spoons, yeah. The men were playing, <laughs> and then the women were singing, and it was just like every time at my grandma, like at her grandma's house, it was like that's what it was. And it was every, like, the big live freaking jam. Every once in a while, hear yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a shame it's been lost, but yeah, I don't know if that's a maritime thing though. I don't know if they have kitchen parties in 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 Winnipeg or Saskatoon or anything. Like I, I don't know if that's a thing or not. But that's that's what we grew up. So that's with our the show. I think the idea is just like okay, well, you're in the corner of the kitchen. Everyone's chatting. You you've picked a cousin and another cousin and the three of you are in the corner and you're just talk about whatever comes to mind like yeah no no well, uncle so I'd say Uncle Ronnie was kind of our he would show up with his guitar oh, yeah. his music stand and his book yeah. and yeah. he'd start playing yeah. and and that was the beginning of the kitchen party uh, if anyone awesome. else had an instrument they wanted to play they they'd come in and join in and that's the way it was it's a shame that the following generation didn't have someone that did the same thing yeah and just kind of continue the the legacy kind of thing yeah which is a shame like i mean we all like most of our family plays music but no one really said okay I'm going to be the person that just kind of sitting, sits down and, and strums and, and plays these songs and then to have everybody join in, whether it's the old type of music, whether it's an acoustic version of the music now, kind of like what music does with Metallica and stuff yeah. <laughs> that you hear. But yeah, it, it, it's a shame because we've all like, kind of like done our own, our own ways. It's almost like yeah. a campfire thing, right? Yeah, we've all kind of done band stuff, but not the campfire stuff. Like yeah. if I could play like the, the Folsom, you know, blues type thing, if, if, if I were to be able to, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time, maybe I would have maybe tried to to do that. But yeah, I, I, it's not something that's, that's in my forte anyways. But what I liked about the kitchen parties too, it wasn't like, there'd be like some Acadian music, right. From where we're from. Yeah. You no, know, like just traditional you know, fiddle and and that sort of stuff, music. But then they'd break into something Celtic, like they'd be, oh, Danny boy, like or something. <laughs> like they'd break into like various Celtic, you know, traditional Irish drinking songs, like that sort of stuff. Like they broke, they played everything. It was, yeah, it was just Jordan. whoever started. You know, okay, I'm gonna start, and then it just whatever it was, right? Like it was, it was. Heaven, you, there is no beer. Country. Yeah, if you, if you grow if you grow up with music around the house, though, I think it, it just it's so much more natural. If you've got any inclination toward it, yeah. or if you have any innate musicality or ability, you just it makes it so much easier, right? Because I've got a keyboard, I've got my drums, I've got a guitar. There's loads of instruments around our house, and the yeah. kids have always been allowed to play them. Yeah. Like, yeah, just go smash around the drums if you want. Yeah. Of course, you know they should. Yeah, that shouldn't because I know some some people that's like okay, this this room is verboten. You can't go in there. Like yeah, like no, like my, my, there for. my my kit's right here. And I work from here from, this is my, not just a podcast studio, but the work, the workplace. Yeah. And Ellie comes down and serenades me all the time. She's like, I'm just, I'm just going to play drums for a bit. And like, and I'm in a meeting with the boss and he's like, oh, Ellie's playing again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, that's the way it should be. Like the instruments should be out. We have the piano out upstairs and it's always out. So 
you know, someone just wants to go, like, just don't ask permission. Just go, go freaking play. Like, go play, go learn, yeah. go, go yeah. suck for a while and then get better. It's the way you do it. Yeah. There, yeah. There's so many distractions nowadays just with between the internet and, and tablets and, and, yep. and uh, Netflix. And there's just so many things taking up the kids' time that they probably gravitate a little less towards music, I find. I, I don't so. know if that's the case, but growing up, like we didn't have any, like we grew up in the country. So it was either, you know, if you had a dirt bike or if you had a, a bike or whatever, and you went around, we had uh, three channels on TV and one of them was French. And the other yeah. one, you had to adjust the little knob because it would get snowy and then the rabbit ears <laughs> type of thing. So, I mean, you're out doing stuff all the time. So basically I just had, you know, that and my guitar. So that was kind of the pastime. Yeah. But if I don't know what would have happened if if we would have had as much technology then as we do now, if I would have maybe immersed myself as much into it, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I may have, but I, don't I know. think I do think that like people like you guys, my mate Randy, me to a lesser degree, but I think there's a tap there that you can't turn off, right? There's just something when you've got that music in you and you want to get it out. I think that's just hardwired into your DNA. And I think that as long as you've got the opportunity and there are instruments that you can play, you're always going to gravitate towards it, I think. And the creative side, you can't like you can't not write a song, right? You can't just if there's if there's something in there, you can't not write. It's just it'd be like chopping up one of your legs. You you can't not breathe. You can't if it's part of you, then it's gonna come out. I've lost more I've I've lost more songs than I've written. Like, of course. Because there's always like and I like my phone, like I had to do a dump <laughs> on my phone because it doesn't matter where I am. Oh, something comes up. And I'll just, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hum it or, or, or totally. whatever, or I'm tapping on the, on the, on the desk or whatever, just, uh, but I, I empty it all that. Like I got so much stuff on my phone, <laughs> like ideas. It's like, I'm never going to get to them all. There's too much. Yeah. But, half, but, half, half baked ideas folder. That's what I've got to. Yeah. But then, and then you listen to, I listen to back to some of them and you go, Oh Jesus. No, that wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> then you go back and like, Oh, that was back in black. I guess I was yeah, the yeah. original there or, or, or whatever. Right. Like. You know, you get earworms. But what I like, what I liked is be, because I'm not a guitar player, I would hear, I, I would, I'd hear something in my head, and I, I would hum it, and then I would hum it to Todd, and Todd, yeah. would, oh, like this, I'm like, yeah, 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 it's great. <laughs> but what I heard in my head was back in black, and then Todd played it, and it was hot for teacher. Like, he, he would, <laughs> but he, it would transform from a ripoff to the way Todd was able to speak through his yeah. instrument like it just came up to something new so whenever there was i'd say can you play this riff and he, i don't know it always made it way better yeah <laughs> so i don't play guitar it's like why would i like biker <laughs> next to this guy <laughs> it's hard man it's a stupid instrument like it's awkward and it's like really hard it hurts your fingers it's just yeah, but drumming is easy, right? Because we're only moving four limbs at a time. Wow, it's you know, so much simpler. <laughs> it is though to me. I find it way easier. No, no, I, I do too. Like I, yeah, I can go, you know, go play at any time and just jump in there. What I, yeah. it, and it, I don't know if it's a good idea to have it next to my work desk, but I'm having a oh, bad day. Totally is. <laughs> having totally a bad is. day at work, and you know, someone's being a dick or whatever, and I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you later, and I go there. And... Yeah, it's and good stress relief. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome stress relief. Yeah, that's good. I just, oh, I just go to video games and and start blasting blasting things up and, oh, yeah. and like I was talking to Kevin early before before Sean came on, uh, drum kits and I was talking about because I was thinking of getting and I talked to Sean about this before that little drum kit from Roland. It has one uh, mesh um, 
a snare on it and the rest of them are kind of rubber pads and, and whatnot. And it's just a small footprint, right? So I could put it like in the corner because I mean, I've, I've played guitar and I played bass. I've, I've tried keyboards, but I just can't, I don't know. There's, there's too much thinking involved or something. I don't know. I, I just can't comprehend the whole thing, but um, I'd like to, you know, have maybe a drum set and maybe, you know, do the with that too. It's like, why, why limit yourself to one type of instrument? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm always up to learning something different. It's got a different sound and they put my different spin on it. And it would, you know, it would sound like me, I guess, in a way. And even if you don't master it, then you get a different appreciation for what that musician is doing in the right. band or whatever, right? You get just a different look on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's no, there's no book thing where they teach you, okay, this is the way you should play. And I think it was just like Eddie. Uh, I think he, well, mind you, he, he had classical training, but it's like, the, but he it's didn't the sounding. Music. Yeah, it's the sound in your head it's it's because if you you know learn a certain type of music or learn to read a certain you know however i mean it'll be not sterile but you've got you know something to to go to like mean, some people can play by ear some people can't unless they've yeah. got sheet music in front of them they can't you know um improvise so mine's more of an improvisation and if i were to lead, learn drums i would probably be a lot of improvis improvisation also <laughs> i'm sure yeah. that, i mean there's a standard stuff but you know any roles and stuff i i might try something maybe different who knows well, when you when you get that kit i'll lend you my carmine a piece uh instructional and you can learn <laughs> to play drums like carmine hey carmine <laughs> your eights and your sixteenths come on over <laughs> yeah carmine over very simple it just does, however you're going to hold your sticks like this or like this, it's just going to play quarter notes. One, two, three, four. You have your bass drum, we'll be playing the same thing. It'll be one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's how I learned how to play. Uh, Carmine, a piece. Oh, my God. It, 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 it was so, he's so dry. He's always yeah. so dry. You know, Paul's It's always what a bastard. I mean, when you... Yeah, when you watch a bit clinics and things, it's like, ah, oh, I don't really want to be here, but these people need my help. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting paid a lot of money for this gig, so I'm just going <laughs> to do it. I'm not going to, I'm never going to raise my voice beyond this, this level here. It's like the Godfather's nephew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, on. one, that, one's, that one's substantially better than Yvai. I'm just going to yeah, put that out there. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I listened to a, a hell of a lot of like that. The, his book, I have it behind here, but it it had it has the floppy record in it. Yeah, because it was pre cassette days. That's how old this thing is. So you, you know, oh, we got a cassette player. We have a cassette player. So I'd play it on the on the on this on the uh, record player, and then hit record on the cassette, and I converted it all to cassette. So I could because I when I was playing along on the record player, it kept skipping. <laughs> I need you to do a sixteenth, yeah, and you're playing, and it's like just fucking. <laughs> And Why the, would you put instructional drums on a record? Yeah, I know. Well, there was a kiss. <laughs> it's a stupid there, idea. It was, and this is before electronic yeah. drums, right? So. Yeah. But remember, they, that's what they had, Guitar Player Magazine. They had those those, yeah. those Plexi or whatever, Flexi Flexi Records or whatever they called them. Yeah, the Black Plastic. Guitar, guitar Player? The flimsy. Yeah. Guitar Player Magazine, yeah. Cliffs of Dover. I remember I remember that was actually on one of them. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Showed Eric Johnson playing it, yeah. Terrible for your stylus, too. It's the cheapest, shittiest oh, yeah. plastic you can imagine. It's going to trash your needle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad I converted. Like I still, I have the, I have the cassette here somewhere, but I still go back. It, it's funny though. Like that was how I learned to play drums, yeah. and I still go back to it. And I'm still looking at it, going, "Okay, this is." But he, like, 
that's how I learned how to read music was 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 that way, and then just kind of looking at how how it's put together. Because drum, I, I don't know if you read drum music or not, no, but it's 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 a simplified version of piano or anything else. So one bar is your bass drum, yeah. one bar is your snare, one bar is your your one tom, and then your next tom, and then it's so literally one bar per 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 drum yeah. or cymbal or whatever, right? So I learned how to read piano from there. Like, like that's where I got my start from. It's like, okay, well, this is, if you're going to learn how to read music, start with drum because it's so simplified. Yeah. But because I had that basis when I did piano, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. A little I, can read, I can read both, but I can't play it. You know what I mean? If that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah. Like I can read it to figure out. Okay. So there's, oh, okay. that's where the hats, that's the pattern. This is okay. Oh, yeah. that, now I know where I'm at, but it, to actually follow it. Cause my uncle's a, was a session drummer in a, in a, it's called a, like a working men's club. Oh, yeah. Just like the lead, like the Legion say. Yeah. So, you know, then it would be a singer would come in with the dots and they'd be, it'd be like a singer and a keyboard player. Um, and then the drummer and the bass player were just, they were residents in the club and they just had to play whatever came through. Right. Yeah. So, so he'd be sitting there literally drumming like this. Yeah, so just playing around, just never looking at the crowd because he's just watching the notes, right? So, yeah, I can't play quickly along with like I have to like look at it, dissect it, and then kind of kind of go because then when there's like fills and stuff, it's like okay, whoa, hang on a sec here, like yeah, so that's one, two, <laughs> you start counting in like okay, and then he's doing the sixteenth, sixty. Then I have to go back in my head at sixteenth is okay, that's the sixteenth, okay. Like I yeah. literally I'll count it out because like, I usually play by feel more more than anything. But, yeah, but I could still yeah I could still read so I don't know. Oh, uh, um, next weekend is uh, Abby's first recital. Oh, nice! What is she doing? She is going to play the song she wrote called "Mr. Pig Is Awesome." That's phenomenal! I love it. It's uh, the, yeah, I'm super stoked. They they write their own music and and their teacher encourages. He's not like I need you to play uh green sleeves or whatever yeah. so you're gonna play green here's the notes like he's not like that he does portions of doing that but then he's like okay let's let's do something play just play so yeah play is okay slow down okay and then he's jotting the notes down and then uh and then they add lyrics later and stuff like that so he actually worked with them on this is how you would write a song if you're writing a song yeah but so we like music teachers don't generally do that well, no, but that, and that's the stuff that's going to keep kids interested. My youngest daughter had a similar thing with her teacher, taught her musicianship, not just how to play piano. Because they are two different things. Like you said, I mean, you watch all those prodigies online, you think, yeah, they're playing Chopin, but they have no connection to that music at all. They're just reciting the notes that are in front of them, and it's immaculate, but I don't buy it for a second. They don't give a shit about that piece of music. The one, the one that bugs me, and I, I do watch these, but it's the drummers playing with one hand. Ah, they're right, drinking. Whatever. They're yeah. drinking, you know, and they're they're doing you know triplets with their their hand and it, yeah but the, yeah like okay you're hitting all the notes but there's nothing there and yeah, yes it's 100%. you know you're doing triplets and quadruplets and, and whatever it's like but it's there's still nothing there dude like you're playing with one hand good for you yeah good for you play with two it's way easier yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah all right well let's cap it off there we're gonna go, you bet. We're gonna go do the uh we're gonna take luna to the park or somewhere i don't know we gotta do so last weekend we gotta do some stuff with her and you bet mom make sure it's a, a good permanent memory for the kids to have yep all right well thanks for last minute jumping in oh and thanks yeah. for the in my man this has been a blast <laughs> i wanted to do this for a while I'm like 
what the hell do we bring him on? Should we have a topic? I'm like, fuck that. Let's just, nah, just talk. It's so much <laughs> more fun. Yeah. It was, it was easy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, so we should... yep. Thanks for coming on. And yeah, uh, thanks. Oh, yeah. We're with, uh, we're, wait, wait. I forgot this last time. Where do we find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just have it all written down. So, Tom Petty Project is you can at the Tom Petty Project on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and YouTube, and at Tom Petty Project on Twitter. And Queen Seaside on Twitter or Seaside Pod Review on Facebook for my Queen podcast. But... Tom Petty. Mm, that's Bob intro. Dylan. Wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get it right, but I can't seem to get it right. I just, I'll do it with a German accent. It'll sound better. <laughs> or Brooklyn. Brooklyn Tom Petty. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm free falling here. <laughs> Mary Jane. I love it. Last dance. I don't know where it was, but it was probably in Brooklyn. <laughs> All I got. Uh, oh, you can damn find me. us at where, Todd? At seanmcginnity.ca. That's S-E-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y dot C-A. Ribbed for pleasure. As we <laughs> say sometimes. Anyway, and then uh, Sean Geek Podcast on all social media. <laughs>
say My friend, I miss you Souvenirs now to be Reminders of our best times And all you mean to me So I never said I love you Never said I love you Never said I love you that's not what men do And if we had a little more time I'd call you and say My friend, I love you Thank you for listening And we'll see you next week And bye! Have a good day! Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic, where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to SeanMcGinnity.ca click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.